Yes, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Number But the Brave podcast. I am Hal Schwartz, and as always, I'm here with my great buddy Flynn McLean. So, Flynn, we got some new stuff to talk about. Uh, Bruce performed at Stand Up for Heroes, which was virtual, of course, and also <laughs> I think a pretty big surprise. I didn't know it was coming. Did you, Bruce, with no Bleachers? Idea. Yes, and Jack Antonoff is the is the lead guy of, of, of Bleachers, and Bruce came out. They, I mean, they did a Bruce has a guest spot. He sings, and then. He's in the video, which is always yeah. cool, and he's really, it looks like they're driving around in the tunnel-era Cadillac that Bruce had. Yeah, that was pretty cool, and I, I actually do like the song a lot. I'm a big fan of Antonoff. I really like the work he does as a producer. Uh, Lord's second album, Melodrama, which he was one of the big artistic forces behind, he did a great job with that, and... It's obviously not the type of rock and roll that we normally listen to. I think my range of listening maybe is a little bit wider than yours, but a very good song, and Bruce sounds really good in it. Yeah, I agree with you on, on both accounts. You're right. I don't listen to a lot of contemporary stuff, but uh, that, that I listened to that song a few times yesterday, a few more times today. It's definitely got a cool groove, and apparently he's the guy, Antonoff is the guy behind that group Fun that had a, a great uh, great single about five years ago, I believe. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's the guy. The guy knows a hook. <laughs> yes, he does. And certainly and, his his producing resume. I already mentioned Lord Taylor Swift, Lana Del Rey, who, of course, Bruce seems to love based on his radio show. So <laughs> yep. he he's really big right now in in the pop world. Uh, and what he does is, and if you've listened to Taylor Swift's latest album, Folklore, it sort yeah, of takes no her out of the pop world <laughs> and takes it a little bit into like the alt rock world. Uh, the oh, guy okay. from the National also is a, a big force behind that one. So, okay, well, I definitely don't keep up keep up with Taylor Swift. I respect her as an artist, but uh, the music, nah, you know, well, don't you really know follow what, that. You know what's funny about that? And I forget the name of the song. There's a song on her new record that, when I was reading the reviews, everyone was comparing to Bruce. I think it's called like "The Last American Dynasty" or something like that, <laughs> and it's actually a really good song. Okay, well, I, I don't, you know, I'm not dissing her music. I just don't. It's not something I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on. But I know she's, uh, she's come a long way as an artist. And uh, you know, hey, I hope she keeps working with, with Antonoff if she keeps putting out more rock, rock uh, friendly stuff. Uh, what's yeah? It's called the Last Great American Dynasty, and Antonoff was involved in that. I think Aaron is the guy's name. Aaron Dessner from the National. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, Aaron Dessner. So anyway, we're we're getting a little off the path, but a really nice job there on on the song, which is called Chinatown. And if people haven't heard it yet, go on YouTube. I, it doesn't seem to have been released yet to the streaming services, but they did release it to YouTube. And check it out if you haven't heard it yet. Oh, I think it has been released to the streaming services by now. I went to uh, went to their page, and it said you can buy it on all these, or buy or listen on all these different services. So. Uh, you can buy it. Okay. Oh, yeah, it is here now. Okay, good. I'm yeah. going to add it to mine. So, okay. And moving on to Stand Up for Heroes, which took place this week. Of course, a great cause. And Bruce has been a participant uh, since year one, right? I believe so, yeah. So, and he did his traditional three-song set, this time mixing it up a little bit. And and very nicely done from the barn. They <laughs> They really could use the barn for some kind of virtual concert if he really wanted to do one. Uh, and I would I would like to think he wants to, but not quite there yet. Uh, what what we did miss out this year, though, were, were of course his his lame, dirty jokes. But uh, we'll survive on that, especially since the three songs he did were, 
I mean, they were amazing. They were yes, fabulous. Uh, very moving performances, especially of Long Walk Home and I'll See You in My Dreams. It's interesting because I saw a couple of people online sort of being dissenters to House of a Thousand <laughs> Guitars, and I, that kind of caught me off guard. I will say I thought it was note perfect. It's it's a song really that is about finding a place of healing and mm -hmm. totally appropriate for the event. Oh, I t totally agree. I thought it was it was a great choice, and I thought he and Patty did a did a tremendous job on it. And as you say, Long Walk Home and I'll See You in My Dreams also both note perfect. I did enjoy also at the start of the show when he and John Stewart pulled up on the motorcycle and sidecar. Yes, it looked like the, not that we would know, but that looked like what I understand Bruce's driveway to look like. So they were they were at the farm and then John Stewart filmed, filmed some of his uh, his intros in, that, in the same barn. Yeah. So, so that, that was that was cool to see. I assume both got tested. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would imagine. So I, the testing is a regular part of the entertainment industry now. So okay. there's no there's no question they were both tested. All right. Well, that's always the thought that crosses our, crosses your mind in 2020 here when we're hitting so many new cases and we want we want Bruce to be as safe as possible. <laughs> It just it's a very interesting venue that that barn and obviously he put it to excellent use in the Western Stars film. It worked really well here. Much better when they were in his studio, the literal house of a thousand guitars. I, I think it was fine when they did the New Jersey telethon there, but the barn really presents a striking backdrop. Now, I don't know if it would be possible to gather the band, but if they could, I, I it would really be cool if they could do something in there. Yeah, I would think so. And that would be really, really freaking cool. It would really hit the spot right now because uh, we haven't heard the songs off of Letter to You played live. Although I guess we sort of had because have because they they were live in the studio. But I think we all would like to see them put into more of a concert setting, and 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 the barn offers that opportunity with the testing. They probably could even have twenty or thirty people there spread out. But <laughs> that would be that would be pretty intense. But. Let, I mean, hey, as long as they, if they stream it, make it available via Nugs or something, I'd pay whatever they, whatever they ask. Take my money. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. Yeah, that seems to be a recurring theme of the show, that they should just take <laughs> our money. Well, they have to give us something first. but, but No, yeah. that's true. Give me, yeah, give me whatever you want, and I'll pay for it. One thing they're unfortunately not giving us right now is the opportunity to buy contra tickets. Of course, well, that's, that's, that's a, not just a little them. ways off. But <laughs> that's not just them. No, but what we are going to do, as we stated, this is the third episode of our letter to you sort package, we'll call it. And <laughs> tonight we're going to look at what if, what if we were not in COVID and Bruce and East Street Band could open a tour. Where where do you think we should open this tour? I was going to say the guard. That's my default position. Yeah, well, I was thinking more of. I mean, I can't even say the Meadowlands because of the. Uh, I guess the uh, the arena there is not, is not there, but uh, I was thinking let's let's go with Newark, man, or Philly. Of course, we know in the letter to you movie they joked about opening in San Siro. That they said that <laughs> before there was a COVID, of course. Yeah, well, they, what they need to do is uh, well, what they've done. I mean, I'm not exactly. I'm not I'm not exactly saying something subtle here, but they've often in the olden days, they would start somewhere off the beaten path and then to hone their get the show down before they hit the main the main markets like Philly and New Jersey. But then, of course, in other years, they just start, bam, right in New Jersey. Right. Well, we know what happened in the opening night of the rising tour, but this would yes. be a lot better than that. Of course it would. And let's lay out. So we, we have made up 
what we feel are realistic set lists, the type of which he could play opening night. These are not our dream set lists. For example, uh, and this is a bit of a spoiler alert, but my set list does, has nothing from Lucky Town, which, of course, if I was making a dream set list, there would be at least one, if not more songs from Lucky Town in there. And, and I have nothing from uh, Tracks Disc, too, so I'm definitely keeping it on the more realistic side as well. So let's start. The lights are going down. You and I are standing next to one another, as we have on so many nights. And the show is about to begin. Do you want to go first? What is your opening sequence? How does Bruce <laughs> open the Letter to You tour? Well, okay. I, I, I have to talk about my opening song for a little of bit course. here. Go right ahead. I figured after this pandemic and after everything is back to normal, I was debating whether I want to go angry or happy. Like, what do I want to be? Is it going to be Badlands or is it going to be Better Days? And I and I ended up leaning going with Better Days to open the show. Ooh, Better Days to open the show is a bold choice. And now I'm a little jealous because, as I said, I don't have anything from Lucky Town in my set list. <laughs> well, that's the only only thing from the '90s in mind. But uh, I figured let's let's go happy and and from Better Days. Doubt now we get back to the new album. We got Letter to You, followed by Burning Train, Radio Nowhere, Prove It All Night, and Janie Needs a Shooter. Wow, that's a hell of an opening sequence. Well, that- I, I mean, I thought it worked well. I, I was debating whether to put Ghost in there in place of Letter to You or just open the show with Ghost, but I saved that for, for another big spot. Now, it's interesting how much you and I think alike, and we'll hear... <laughs> In a minute, how much so? Because, and and I do think trying to put our mindset into Bruce's, it, it lends itself to certain songs like we're coming up with here. One of the things that as I was sitting down to do this, and as you know, I started it on the plane when I was on my way back from the World Series. <laughs> it, this is such a difficult task. Before we, I start with my set list, we should really talk about how much work it's got to be for him to put together a set list and, and think back to the Ruben podcast uh, the broken record podcast where he talked about having different audiences my set list is 27 songs how, how many songs is your set list uh it's about i think 28 or 29 i don't i don't have numbers next to my song titles could you imagine having to distill his catalog down to 27 songs or 28 songs <laughs> it's really quite impossible if you think about it now obviously he does it on a nightly basis and and he he's a master of putting together a set list but you really do gain an appreciation i think for what he has to go through out of the hundreds of songs that he has so many of them so recognizable putting together a set list like this yes especially since you want do you want to have every era every album represented do you want to hit all the audiences all the audience types as, as he said you because you have the hardcores you got the casuals and you got everybody in between so you kind of you you got to tick all those boxes and then it's then you have to merge as you said the new music with the old music and hopefully make the make the older stuff say something new and because that's that's what he's been very good at for so many years but but yeah it's this is a challenge and i i think people who, who diss bruce's setless choices or at least the setless structure they uh, they really need to they need to put themselves in Bruce's mind because it's tough. <laughs> yeah, after hearing the broken record 
comments that he made, it really does give you more of an appreciation for what he has to go through uh, hearing him acknowledge the challenges of having these different audiences out there, especially in some of the bigger venues like the stadiums. So I really give him a lot of credit for being able to pull this off as well as he does and satisfy as many audiences as he, as he does. Well, I, I think one thing is that he does come up with a structure at the beginning of the tour or prior yes. to the start of the tour. And that kind of dictates what's going to come in and out of the show as the tour progresses. So I think coming just coming up with the structure, I think it would with I don't want to say placeholder songs, but I guess I guess anchors might be a, a better a better choice word choice there. Just to kind of guide where the set's going to go, because once once you have that, once you have the flow of the set, I think everything else kind of kind of kind of comes into falls into place. Right. So and just to reiterate, so your opening sequence is six songs, Better Days, Letter to You, Burn and Train, Radio Nowhere, Prove It All Night and Janie Needs a Shooter. Yes, sir. OK, so now it. I'm going to give my op- I'm going to give my opening sequence. And I am opening with a new song, as I figure he would, as he normally does. Now, the thing is, <laughs> when he was on with Zane Lowe, he did mention, or Zane Lowe brought up Burn and Train as like the most obvious opener, and Bruce agreed with him. But I don't know that we can stick by that, and I'm not using Burning Train as my opener. From the moment I heard it, I just felt that Ghost needs to open the next tour, and, and that is my opening song. I have it going, Ghost's Letter to You, Prove It All Night. We take care of our own, similarly reflecting back on what the country has been through and the ties that bind. That's my opening sequence. Well, I like how you keep you keep something more of recent vintage in there. That's that's the big thing that, that pops out to me with we take care of our own. And I really do like I, I like your, your, your opening combo of ghost into letter to you. Uh, I, I I'm going a different direction with ghost. And but I definitely think it would be an amazing opener. It's one of those things that I just think the arena will be so revved up during that as an opening song. Now, I suspect you're going to close the song. Don't reveal it. Uh, You're going to close the set, I should say. Don't reveal yet. But that's another logical place to put the song. And it may, as we know, he moves stuff around sometimes, even though he does have a structure. So Ghost is a song that might be used in different ways, as on the River Tour, Born to Run, of course, was in the encore some nights, and some nights it opened the show. And then you had Lane of Open Dreams, as recent as the Wrecking Ball Tour, where he opened a few shows with it, and he, he closed a few main sets with it. So it's not something that he, he it's something he still does, at, at least as of this decade. Right. And I really did like when he used Land of Hope and Dreams as an opener. And of course, it works beautifully, both to close the set and in the encores. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now I assume we're going to go to the second part, the second segment. Yes. And I assume I can't assume what you've done, but I can tell you what I have done, which is I'm slowing it down. Well, and, uh, I, I, not only am I slowing it down, I should have said my set list is really, and I said in the last episode, I think I said in each of the last two episodes that I found this album to be the most similar to Born in the USA. My show is really modeled somewhat after the Born in the USA tour. Okay. So what you're telling me is that you're going to have a lot of Western Stars material in there, just like Bruce had a lot of Nebraska. That might be coming up, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're all, we're of similar mind there because I open the uh, the next segment is a little three song quiet segment. 
uh, very similar to what basically he's done for the last uh, since beginning of the reunion tour. And actually, mm-hmm. it goes back even further than that. But the first slow one is One Minute You're Here. Then I go to Western Stars. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I go on the Tucson train. Well, if it's not obvious to everyone, we have not shared each other's lists with one another prior to the show. We thought that would be more fun. (laughs) And it is is proving to be fun, at least for us, hopefully for everyone listening, too. Now, I, I, you know, one minute you're here seems that it's a little dark, obviously. It's supposed to be dark. And so I wonder if it's almost too dark to be played every night. But I want to give it a shot and see what it sounds like, at least at the start of the tour. Oh, yeah, I can see that. And and I think the mission here was that we were coming up with just an opening night. Of course, we both understand that night two could be considerably different. (laughs) Yes. And uh, along those lines, to me, the Western Star slot that I have here for this for the song, that could actually be a a rotated spot where you could play also Chasing Wild Horses or Hello Sunshine or or basically or Moonlight Motel or basically anything off Western Stars except for Tucson Train. You're you're cracking me up. Okay, I'll give my <laughs> next sequence, which is also three songs, and much like the Born in the USA tour with the use of the Nebraska mini set, I have gone with a mini Western Star set here, consisting of After Ties That Bind, which was the last song of my first sequence, Tucson Train, Hello Sunshine, and Western Stars. Of course, I would like to get Moonlight Motel in there, and much like in 84, 85, I expect that these songs would rotate somewhat. Tucson is sort of the Atlantic City of the bunch. I think we both agree on that. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, the, But a, a Tucson train, Hello Sunshine, Western Stars, giving the audience a very nice little taste of of what a Western Stars tours could Western Stars tour could feel like. Okay, I, def, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I, and of course, I like the, you know, we agreed on two of the three songs. So yes, obviously we're on the same track there. So and I think in both cases, I mean, not surprisingly, they are fairly similarly structured because we are trying to do this in a realistic fashion and. Hopefully people will agree. I think we've put together sets so far that are realistic to what Bruce would do. Where did you go after your little mini set that concludes with Tucson Train? Well, my first thought was basically to copy the copy the Rising Tour and to go ahead and go into something that's going to break the break the tension because that's that's what the that this little Western Stars slash slow slow segment was. It was ba- it was the, the, the tension, but I decided to go with the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. Into last man standing. Uh huh. No surrender. My love will not let you down. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. And ties it bind. Oh, uh, another song that we match. <laughs> yep. Uh, I start obviously I started off there with kind of a of a spiritual reaction in the power of prayer to the Western Stars segment, and then I thought it would just roll straight into last man standing. And then keep keep that that theme going with no surrender, my love will not let you down, and to close it with with ties. It's so funny because so many, and of course, a couple of those songs are going to be on my set list. Uh, we know the new songs are going to be heavy in my set list, but uh, I really considered having my love. Of course, I have ties in there. Now I went in a totally different direction coming out of the western star set and i went for intensity i understand what happened on the rising tour i i just felt that there would be a a burn in here literally and figuratively with burn and train which Mm -hmm. sort of serves as like the second opener 
okay. then from Burn and Train, it goes into Badlands. Okay. Rain Rainmaker. Ooh. Okay. And then after Rainmaker, this may be too cute. I don't know if he would do this. And I have a choice here. I have a slash on the set list, so he would have a choice of two songs. But the song I really was going to go with after Rainmaker is Lost in the Flood. Is that too <laughs> cute to go from Rainmaker to Lost in the Flood? All right. Well, I guess I, I see the th- I see the thematic uh, yes. connection there. That's for the, sure. The other song I was going to put there would be, and this is more of a rarity, and we'd probably be pretty welcome to see. It, it would be we'd be very happy to see it. I should say would be Devils and Dust Full Bad, which has only been done two or three times. I was lucky to see it in Oakland in 2012. Incredible version of the song. Okay. Well, that's you're definitely going darker political there. Yes, and then I end this sequence with Born in the USA and the Promised Land. So that's where we start the turn with Promised Land. But I thought <laughs> the I thought the intensity of Badlands, Rainmaker, Lost in the Flood, and Born in the USA would be pretty damn big in the middle of the show. Okay, now my only concern, my mm-hmm. only thing that I, w- I would question you about mm-hmm. is the fact that Badlands into Rainmaker is kind of, uh, uh, what's the... I mean, you're sl- you're slamming on the brakes there. Well, it's interesting you say that because I did rework this part uh, several times, and and I figure that Rainmaker would be slightly rearranged to allow it to slide in more because the obviously Rainmaker picks up a little bit after the the very slow intro. So as we know, he is counted. Think about Worlds Apart, for example, where he would count into Worlds Apart instead of doing like the long intro. Right. Right. Yes. So I I, that I did, but I did play with that a bit and I could move that around, but I I did think it would be interesting there. And I do think it could work because it's not like Badlands also has to necessarily segue right into the next song. I mean, bad Badlands could end and then Rainmaker could begin. Okay. Now what I considered doing with Rainmaker was make it the first song after my opening sequence, kind of make it the Atlantic, make it more similar to Atlantic city than then basically, then well, it's just similar to Atlantic City, period, and that it, it would segue right into the sl- the great a great segue into the uh, the slower segment. But right. uh, you know, so in that way, I mean, if, you know, not to be a dick or anything, but like if you if you just moved Rainmaker um, in front of Badlands, in, in front of Badlands, or in front of Burning Train. Oh, that could work too. Yeah, I, I well, I tried it. I was playing around with it in front of Badlands. The only issue I had there was that would make five new songs in a row with three Western Star songs and two Letter to You songs. I wasn't quite sure if he would do that. Okay, well, I, I was just noticing on the Greensboro show from 2008 that he just released that there were seven songs from from like well, I guess that was seven songs from either The Rising or or Magic. So I guess that's not quite the same as the last two albums, but but still similar. We could do that. It could go Rainmaker actually could follow Western Stars. That's actually not a bad idea. So then it would go Rainmaker, Burn and Train, Badlands, Lost in the Flood or Devils and Dust, Born in the USA, Promised Land. Oh, I do like that. <laughs> cool. Well, and what we're going to do is we're actually going to put these up on Twitter so people can see the list complete. So maybe I'll move it by the time we do that. Okay. We that actually have them in Bruce's handwriting. <laughs> yes, the Bruce font is 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 uh, is out there and very fun to play with. <laughs> yes. So, Promised Land completes my sequence there and then we'll pick back up. Where do you go after Ties That Bind? Well, now I'm I'm going into the I mean, 
it's a, it's a long home stretch, but it's the home stretch of the ending of the main of the main set. Mm-hmm. Okay, I go with racing in the street. Uh, good, uh, always a great choice. Exactly, American Skin. Oh, I was going to have American Skin. I just couldn't get it in, but <laughs> then Promised Land. Okay, that's not a surprise. Right, Song for Orphans. Interesting. And then, and then I had to put some. This is unusual. I'm, I wasn't quite. I'm not quite loving my choice here, but I think it works. Mm-hmm. And it's the price you pay. Oh, I like it. I mean, I don't know if it would be played again, but it's an interesting choice. Okay. And then, if I were the priest, or if I was the priest, right? So this the, is all still in the main set. Right. We're coming okay. to the end of the main set. Right. After after priest, the rising. Uh huh. And then we end the main set with, as expected, ghost. Okay, so I was right on that one. I think <laughs> it, it works perfectly there as well. Uh, it, that's just such a great song and so rousing. It's going to work anywhere. So, yes, and I and I wanted to have one epic and epic slot in the show, and that and that could also be in addition to racing. Obviously, it could be uh, Backstreets or Jungle Land or Incident or in, in any of the other of the legendary epics that that he's that he's played over the last few years. Yeah, you got to have the epic slot, and, and racing is just such a key song. It's funny, when the reunion tour started and he was rotating it with Backstreets and Jungle Land, racing, if you would ask me at the start of the tour, would have always been my third choice. And as that tour went on, I just understood in a way I don't think I did previously how majestic and how much it works live. It, it, it really is magnificent every time. Yes, yes, it is. And like maybe it's because of of the reunion tour, but whenever I hear racing Jungle Land Backstreets, I always have to hear something something big come in, mm-hmm. or something small, or something uh, something subtle, and that's why I went with American Skin instead of trying to put it right before, instead of trying to make Ghost the light of day of of the tour. Now um, my end of the set sequence goes in a different direction, although of course I do have the epic in there. Mm-hmm. My end of the set sequence begins with Last Man Standing into Power of Prayer. I think those are going to be beautiful paired together. They work really well on the album. Followed by Human Touch. We'll assume Patty is there and there's going to be a Patty song. I could have gone with Tunnel, which mm-hmm. would normally be my default position, but I really thought that Human Touch worked really well coming out of Power of Prayer. Okay. And then Human Touch is followed by Backstreets. I uh, gotcha. And then Radio Nowhere, which we now both have in the set. And Radio Nowhere is followed by the set closer, House of a Thousand Guitars. Interesting. Okay. I I don't know. Again, maybe a little too cute. The linkage of the Thousand Guitars in Radio Nowhere, of course, and the song House of a Thousand Guitars. But I also think they work really well together. Okay, so you you listen to them back to back just to, to yes, get I listen I, I listen to the whole show back to uh, I listen to my whole show in sequence as you suggested. Okay, all right, because yeah. that's that's my only question for you there. Uh, Radio Nowhere into House of a Thousand Guitars. It would again. It seems like Radio Nowhere is rocking the house, and then all of a sudden you kind of you're not rocking the house. Well, the way I see it, Radio Nowhere ends. There's a pause, and then maybe the lights go down. House of a Thousand Guitars starts with the piano, which I think is a bit like Into the Fire ending the set on the Rising Tour. Now, of course, House of a Thousand Guitars is a bit more rocking than Into the Fire as the song gets going. And I think that only serves to help it 
be the culmination of the set. All right, I can see that. But I guess when you when you say there was a pause there, because I always think about in the in the later years, Bruce has just been one song after another with with barely a, a moment to breathe between, and so I'm so I'm thinking radio right into House of a Thousand Guitars. But if you have radio kind of be a a one off song there. Well, what was the song that came before Into the Fire when the Rising Tour started? I forget. American Skin. <laughs> well, and, oh, and, and Thunder Road was there sometimes, too. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same concept, because obviously okay. Thunder Road didn't go into, he didn't count in and go into Into the Fire. Thunder Road or American Skin or whichever song was there ended. There was there was a brief pause before the before the the vocals with Patty started to to kick off into the fire, right? Yes. Yes. This would be the but same I, concept. Okay. I, I really like your 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 combination there. Um Last Man Standing into Power of Prayer. Uh that's really gonna that would work really well. And then of course going into human touch, it has a they have a similar sound and I, it just flows flows effortlessly, I would think. And then Backstreet's out of human touch is I mean, that's great too. Yeah, there are so many songs I wanted to get into the set list, like Janie Needs a Shooter, which, of course, is a song I cited when we reviewed the album, how much I would be looking forward to seeing it live. I didn't get it in the set list. Now, I oh, guess okay. I could have made it another song or two. I could <laughs> reason to believe was a song. I was like, that's got to be in this show because of the circumstances. And I I couldn't figure it out. And then Empty Sky was another one. And, of mm. course, we saw the only full band version of empty sky ever played that was one i was like that would also make sense here it because of and you're missing would make sense because yeah, when yeah. he goes out on the road unfortunately he's going to be playing to audiences a lot of people are going to have much more so even than 9-11 unfortunately mm-hmm. because 9-11 was 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 three thousand people as horrible as as it was and and now with covid I mean, we're over 253,000, I think it was as of today. So he's going to be playing to audiences for sure. Some of those people have are unfortunately going to have dealt with with loss. Well, everybody has a neighbor. Everybody has a friend. So I think that's going to be very applicable to, to yeah. the next door. Yeah. Now, I did not get Long Walk Home into my show <laughs> as we head into the encore. I assume you did. Uh, maybe. Uh, okay. So maybe. Th- so okay so the main sets are done and and we're going into the encores now yes okay Okay. how does your encores go um okay you ended the main set with it i'm going to open the encore with it house of a thousand guitars i thought as you said that's the culmination of sorts and to me that's the that's going to be the epitome of of the next tour is everybody's back together and and we want to live. We want to live in the in the house of a thousand guitars. Exactly. And that's actually how I saw it ending my set after there's a moment after Radio Nowhere and 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 the arena would be dark, like Into the Fire was, as I said, and and it would rise up and sound the intro and and it would envelop people and and they would find solace in the house of a thousand guitars which is what i think the song aims to do right that's exactly what it, it aims to do and it's funny he he wrote it over you know in 2019 before this this pandemic and it's even more applicable now uh, just it just it just kind of mind-blowing that the guy kind of he kind of force he kind of foresaw this this year in some in, in some fashion um after a thousand guitars i'm going a little bit goofy mm-hmm. um I'm going with Rhinestone Cowboy. 
Oh, that's a good one. I figured that's one people are. It's cheesy, but people are going to know it and uh-huh. they're going to have fun with it. And obviously, after the Western Shards film, they Bruce can do a great job of it. You won't see me complaining if he plays Rides on Cowboy. <laughs> and then I'm going to finish my the, my first part of the encore with uh, a couple of standards: Dancing in the Dark and Born to Run. Okay. So- and, and of course. And of course, dancing in the dark slot, I can can basically be just one of about six songs. I mean, it could be Seven Nights to Rock, could be Ramrod, could be Tenth Avenue, any any uh, Bobby Jean. It could be so many of the songs that he's played in the encores over, you know, going back to 2012. Well, Bobby Jean, of course, is going to be another one that potentially hits home on the next tour because of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get it in my set either. Should I go with my, well, you, yeah. uh, do you want to finish your encores or you want to go? Well, I, you know, I'll go with this. My, I'm going with a kind of a two part encore, very similar to what he did basically on the reunion and rising tours. Mm-hmm. So born to run finishes. They kind of take a little bit of a break and then they go into long walk home land of hope and dreams. Uh-huh. <laughs> and is, then is, we're cl- is Long Walk Home full band, or it's his acoustic version? You know, I was trying to think. It could go either way. Um, I guess it would might make more of a of an impact statement if it's if it's solo acoustic. But of course, I love the full band version, and I think that would segue right into Land of Open Dreams. Right. And then after Land of Open Dreams, another little another pause, and then they'll go into I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs> to close the to close the show. Uh, well, okay. Well, I won't <laughs> say anything yet, but we have some similarity here, not surprisingly. My right. encores, I'm kicking off with "If I Was the Priest." Okay. And that would go right into "Sane in the City." Oh, okay. A little early Springsteen Hammond twofer. Okay. That would, of course, be followed by "Born to Run." Mm-hmm. And here's the one place in the show where I took a chance. You you used Rhinestone Cowboy. I was like, we got to get some new covers in 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 the show. I, I no offense, but I cannot deal with shout again. <laughs> yeah, I um, <clears throat> can't argue with you there. So I went with a cover that makes sense in relation to the songs that would have just previously come before. If I was a priest, saying the city, born to run. And I've got him adding a new cover into the encores, although he has played it once, and that's like a Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone, okay. A little Dylan tribute. Of course, he could do other songs from uh, from Dylan in the encores, but I thought like a Rolling Stone would really hit home there. And then where the similarities continue, I have Land of Hope and Dreams. Then I have the show going into Twist and Shout, just to have that frothy moment that we've had so many times before that the audience loves. And then there would be a pause and he would come back and do one more song. And of course, it's the same song that ends your show. I think it'll be the closer in every show on the next tour. It may stick around even longer than that. And that's I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs> OK, I like it. One thing I really like about yours is is the twist and shout there, because you're right. You want to have the big that big moment, the big all the lights are on. Everybody's rocking. And it's just the fun when everyone, everyone loses their head. And so I really like that. I, I tried to get at it. I hope I got that in there with dancing and born to run, but um, twist and shout also works really, really well. 
it's just such a classic Springsteen moment. You could go Detroit medley. You could yep. go, yep. of course, quarter to three. But to me, Twist and Shout is the purest one, I think, for for that kind of moment, especially coming in between Land of Hope and Dreams and the very rousing but heavy I'll See You in My Dreams. I mean, if you think about the every night him sending us off with I'll See You in My Dreams, which, which uh, we've said this a number of times now, is just it makes you feel really good, even though what the song is set, reflecting on is is really qu- quite sad, and that was one of the things that caused Landau's reaction, as we saw in the film. But there's just I think coming after Twist and Shout, Twist and Shout brings a joy into the venue that that really is the essence, I think, of a uh, uh, Bruce at his most fun. Okay. Yes, I absolutely agree. I mean, there's something about that first song he learned to play on guitar, and it does it does send the whole stadium twisting, <laughs> twisting and shouting, some high altitude twisting up in the upper decks. Now, so that those are our those are our set lists. I I liked yours. Hopefully, I, I liked people. yours. There's some there were some good sequences I really really liked. Well, thank I'm you. Je- I'm jealous I didn't come up come up with the power of prayer and the human touch. <laughs> I actually also had like human touch could be replaced by the rising. Of course, there's so many choices. And this goes back to what we were saying earlier in the show. Imagine Bruce sitting down with a songbook. How many songs has he released now? Must be it's three, 400 minimum. Really? I don't think he's released 400 different songs. Maybe a couple hundred. Uh, okay. I don't know. Maybe 250. I don't okay, know. So I don't know. Like, isn't it like 350? Yeah. I thought it was. I thought that if you include tracks and everything, it, it must and and the promise, it's got to be over three hundred. We'll have to check that out. But just think of him sitting down and 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 trying to distill all of that into one set list and one narrative story. I have ten albums represented in my set list, and of course the two covers. And I had nothing off of Nebraska, Tunnel of Love, Lucky Town, Jode. I, I had no songs off the rising in my set list. Yeah, that, and, that's that's that stuck out to me there. And 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 when I looked at that, I was like, would there be a show without songs from the rising? I think that could happen. And as we know, there have even been shows, consecutive shows here in LA in 1999 with no songs off board in the USA. So I think anything really could go. But when when I was putting it together, it did surprise me there was nothing off the rising when I wrote down the set list. Hmm, okay, I was thinking about trying to get lonesome day in there because i i'd like to have the last the the modern era really represented and i think i did a good job with radio nowhere and american skin and uh and long walk home but i that's but it's be surprising if nothing from the rising especially the title track at this point uh if it wasn't played i mean that's kind of one that hasn't been played at almost every show uh, it has been left out of at least a few shows. I know I was at the first show The Rising was ever dropped, which was in Anaheim in 2008, one of the first times Morello ever played with the show. I uh, played with the band. I think that was the second night, and it, it it has been dropped occasionally. But yes, The Rising is normally in the show. We know it's a very seminal song, as we discussed on Broadway and elsewhere. Yes, it's. I mean, and it's one that has emotionally connected with with fans. Over, over the last 20 years. I mean, obviously it's connected to, to 9-11, but even so with the um, the way people have connected with it, as I said, I mean, it's it rivals Thunder Road and Born to Run, in, in my opinion. 
Do you know how many albums were represented in your set list? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I didn't do that. Do that count, but um, I know I didn't have anything, anything from Wrecking Ball. I know you did, and obviously, yes. uh, I, I, I actually I even have High Hopes represented with American Skin, if that counts. <laughs> that well, and I counted Land of Hope and Dreams as part of Wrecking Ball in my oh, okay calculation although of course i also had we take care of our own that was the other thing that was interesting about my set list when i came up with it because i sort of tried to do it you know with a flow and not thinking i didn't agonize too much over it the first time through i just sort of came up with it at what would be cool and i do we take care of our own first single radio nowhere first single human touch first single of course i born in the usa in the show so in a way sunshine that was the first single and that was, yes, Hello Sunshine. So the, in a way, but these are not really hits. That's the, that's the interesting thing. Uh, of course, Bruce's hits. And I do have three songs off of Darkness. That was the other thing I tried to really, wh- when I'd written the songs down and I looked at it and I was like, okay, Prove It, Badlands, Promised Land. We've seen that so many times. Isn't there a way to vary it? But the truth is, if you're trying to do it realistic, there's a reason we haven't seen we we've seen it so many times, and that's because those songs are really really important to what he's doing, and they're going to be in the show. I mean, that's that's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, it, the the come up with the kind of show that we're talking about, and actually in the kind of show that it, he's done basically for the last you know, I guess forty some odd years now, is that the 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 darkness material is going to be they're going to be important. They're important in the flow. They're important in the story, especially something like Prove It and Badlands and, and Promised Land. I mean, it's almost like Promised Land, even more so than Born to Run, is that's Bruce's th- thesis statement of his entire career. Yes. I believe in the Promised Land, and and the fight and the fight to get there is all is all, is all the other songs. Oh, there there is no question that whenever Bruce can play a full concert the next time around based on what has gone on again with covid with the injustices in the country promised land is going to be in the show there i mean there's no doubt about that and it's going to be an important spot in the show and and it should be because as you say it is it is probably even though it's by not even close to being his biggest hit but it is the statement Mm -hmm. that he is making about life in this country and that's why it's going to be played. Exactly, exactly. And this, and I tried to, as I said, I, uh, I was considering op- op- going with a, an angrier opening, and that would have been Badlands. And, and that again is, I mean, that's pretty much seminal to to what Bruce has been saying all these years as well. I want to. It ain't no sin to be glad you're alive, and he's going to fight through to to get out of the Badlands. Yeah, and and it's interesting that you didn't go with a new song to start the show, but maybe on this next tour, the rules won't necessarily apply because, as we know, on recent tours, he has generally opened shows with a new song and 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 generally a pairing of new songs. That That's not an unusual thing. But I, I do think that you're right. He may have an approach to the show, and Better Days, of course, <laughs> would, if anything, it's almost too on the nose, uh, but hopefully it will be Better Days. And I, there's no question it'll be Better Days when we're standing in that arena and he's able to play music for us. Oh, God, yeah. Now, I guess I could switch Better Days and Ghost and make Better Days the, the main set ender. Oh, that, that would was- actually that would actually work really well, too. Yeah, and then and open the show with ghosts, just like you did. So there is definitely some uh, 
some flexibility is, you know, in my set list and your set list. So, and obviously Bruce is going to have some, uh, he can do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> that is true. And we're just doing this as a fun exercise, dreaming of when we'll be able to be in that arena or stadium, seeing the street band again. Yes, exactly. It's going to be a very emotional night, no matter what songs he plays. Well, I actually, I was thinking about it today, not even just in relation to Bruce, just the idea of the first time I get to see live music, whoever it is, hopefully sometime in the spring or at the (laughs) latest, the summer of 2021, just being in that building, whatever artist it is that I'm seeing, it's just going to be so amazing. And, And I think when this is over, the entire country is going to have a celebration that will no doubt exceed anything that you or I have ever seen before. Think of the pictures we've seen from the end of World War II and how the country celebrated, or perhaps even a better example, the last pandemic in 1918 was literally followed by the Roaring Twenties. So I think it just may be a big party. What I've been thinking since, actually since the spring, is that when this is over, when it's it's finally safe to go out and congregate, there's going to be a cultural explosion of some kind that uh, that I that I equate to the Beatles explosion just three months after JFK was shot. Yeah, that's that, probably, and of course that wasn't during our lifetimes either. No, no, but I remember I think I think it was Max Max Weinberg said that it was the Beatles. Their arrival basically served as the end of the morning for JFK, and that's. You know, would they have been as big if JFK hadn't, JFK hadn't been shot? Probably. But because he had, because the, the entire country was was thrown into this, to this, I mean, a mourning period, really. And it, it just exploded. The, the explosion felt that much more intense. Well, I think, and, and we've seen it a little bit here with Bruce, because the Letter to You record has been so well received. And... I don't know if we were not going through COVID, would he have gotten as much publicity? We know he certainly wouldn't have done as big a PR tour, uh, (laughs) but he would have been doing concerts most likely. Mm -hmm. But what we've seen here is uh, there, because he did tap, because he did sort of tap into something unintentionally, the songs are so relevant. I mean, the other night on Stand Up for Heroes, both when he did uh, House of a Thousand Guitars and I'll See You in My Dreams, not only are they completely relevant to the theme behind Stand Up for Heroes, but just for what the nation is going through, and we, we've talked about this on, I think, the earlier episodes, they work so damn well. It's like, it, uh-huh. it's it, you were saying it, it's like, how did this happen that <laughs> these are the songs that he had sitting in his pocket and they recorded them and, and now they're out during these circumstances? It is, you know, look, I'm sure he would rather just be out playing and he he, clearly he doesn't want these songs to be as relevant as they've become but (laughs) you know he doesn't have any more control over the situation and than anyone else even if he is bruce springsteen that that is certainly true and uh it's you know when bruce writes a song it can apply to one thing and then six months later or six years later applies to something else so uh obviously he's done it again Yes, he has. And we're going to put our set lists up on Twitter. So look for them there. If you wish to see them and potentially put them into a playlist, we would not be opposed to that. That'd be fun. It's yeah. it's, it's it's fun to do, to put together your own playlist and, and envision and that's the concert. And let us know what you think. And, and maybe people will post some of their own set lists after they hear this. 
that would be cool. We'd love to see some of those. So should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Here we go. None but the bravest presentation <laughs> of Bull Market Entertainment. Please subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice. We're on all the major ones, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon, etc. You can find us on Twitter at NBTB Podcast, and our website is nonebutthebravepodcast.com. So for Hal Schwartz, I'm Flynn McLean saying thanks again for listening, and we'll see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right.